I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Bratsky. And I'm David. All right, we've got some a few follow-up stories. Uh, the first one is an update on the Texas abortion law that we talked about last episode. Um, the issue had been that there wasn't a good defendant in the case. Um, now the Justice Department has sued the entire state of Texas, which apparently they're allowed to do. So we'll see if the Supreme Court considers the entire state a proper defendant. Um, and I believe also one abortion provider did did go ahead and do an abortion and has gotten sued under the law. Oh, all right. Um, so I think we will be able to uh, get a get a proper defendant to test it out. Do you think they're going to punt on the can you sue an entire state thing because they have a proper defendant? Like probably. Because <sighs> I'd like that to be resolved. I mean, you definitely can sue an entire state. It happens all the time. Like Lawrence v. Texas was was suing Texas. Yeah, but like the government hasn't done it before, right? Yeah, have we had like a United States versus the state of Texas? <laughs> well, we did. It called it the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we have had that. Huh? Because uh, I would not like that resolved because I'm afraid that it'll resolve positively. And while this one case is. Not a great one for um, for my general position that states should have a lot more power and the federal government a lot less. Uh, I still do think that is true, and I don't want to see the federal government taking more power from states. That sounds like a bad idea. Well, sorry, this is America, where anyone can sue anyone. And by anyone, also includes institutions. So there. Uh, all right. We have a follow. We also have a follow up on the uh, UK truck driver situation. Yeah, we reported on this a few months ago. It seemed that the UK was down like a hundred thousand or more truck drivers, which was really uh, coming up the works in their country. Um, I was, you know, curious how far that was going to pan out, how how badly things were going to get. Uh, recently, there have been. Uh, Runs on gas in in the United Kingdom's lines of cars forming around gas stations four days straight now, and the government is considering bringing in the army uh, to help distribute the gas to the various gas stations. You know, act as temporary truck drivers, I guess, um, because they they're they're having a bit of a panic over there, like we did on the East Coast uh, when we had that supply shock with the pipeline being shut down. Now, I didn't really read much about this, but what I saw in passing was that they are um, issuing a bunch of temporary work visas uh, to migrants to come in and drive the trucks. That would be great, and I hope they keep doing that. I mean, it would be better if they just, you know, issued permanent work visas, but... That would be better, yeah. You know. Well, God knows we can't solve labor shortages by letting in more labor. That would be insane. No, of course not. That would be un-American, sir. And you can't be un-American in the UK. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, by the way, the phrase I think is not gumming up the works. It's like crumpeting their tea. <laughs> Darn what? Brits. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, right. Brits. I make fun of you because I love you. All right. Uh, we also have a follow-up on the China... Um, that story we covered about China grabbing the two Canadian executives. Uh, no, Can Canada grabbing the t the one Chinese executive, and then China grabbing the two Canadian random sad sacks. Right. Oh, they. Oh, right. They weren't even executives. They were just. Yeah. No, they were just. They were just guys. dudes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, what's the follow up on that? Uh, so the follow up on that is that uh, China. Uh, Canada has negotiated with terrorists <laughs> and released the Huawei exec in exchange for the release of the Canadians. Uh, if you remember from the last time, um, the Canadians were holding the Huawei exec uh, basically for uh, the U.S. DOJ uh, in expectation that she would be extradited to the U.S. at some point. Uh, and it does look like this release has been done with the U.S. with the U.S.'s blessing, uh, but I haven't gotten any more details than that. Uh, 
But yeah, the Huawei exec is free, as apparently are the Canadians. So not a great outcome, but honestly, probably the best outcome that we can expect in a geopolitical world, which has China in it. All right. And our final follow up is uh, last episode. I had questioned whether uh, Reason Magazine was a credible source. And uh, as promised, we had some back and forth about this on the Discord. Um, now, one of the things that was my bad was I was thinking one of the one of the stories I was thinking of was the uh, thing about the, you know soldiers uh, and having like a military crackdown in Australia over COVID restrictions. Um, that was not reason. That was marginal revolution. Um, so I was I was wrongly blaming them for that. Um, but the other one I was thinking of was that story about the California math curriculum where they, uh, and we linked the article in the show notes that episode and I'll, uh, I'll link it again in this one, but I, I found that very misleading. Um, but all that being said, I, we have covered a lot of stories from reason. Um, and I went through a lot of them and they were all actually, except for that one, uh, pretty, pretty well covered. So, uh, I think that actually gives them a pretty good track record. Um, and my only, I, I still think, uh, it's to our benefit to be a little extra skeptical of reason, um, mostly because they, they flatter our, uh, our preconceptions, um, uh, but not because they're a particularly misleading source. So I'm sorry, reason. Yeah. I mean, my, my stance on this is just that I don't put anything in, um, the outline, unless I've confirmed it in at least two sources that seem to be somewhat independent. Oh, that's quite um, smart. We should all do yeah, that. And, <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> uh, and that's why I was defending reason so strongly, because I was like, hey, the reason stories that make it through my filtering process tend to be really reliable. And it turns out that my filtering process was just doing more work than... I expected, and then you guys, I just, like, didn't say, oh, by the way, I also have this filtering process, which probably would have clarified things for you guys. Um, but yeah, and then I also just tend to put the link to uh, whichever source I read first, and uh, Reason is the only somewhat mainstream news source that I actually read regularly, so they're usually the ones I link to. All right. Well, on to the the new news, or as we in the business call it, the news. Um, David, you're going to tell us about the newest bullshit from the FDA. Yeah, so uh, the FDA recently deliberated whether or not they should uh, um, approve booster shots for the COOF. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, the COOF? Yes, okay. because now that it's endemic, we need to give it a real name. And uh, the two al- <laughs> the two appropriate algorithms for uh, giving diseases real names is name it after the color what it makes you turn and name it after the sound what you make when you have it. <laughs> and as far as I know, COVID doesn't make any interesting color changes happen. So anyway, All right, then. Uh, I guess it's the coof. Uh, so anyway, there's a link in um, the show notes to someone who, God bless him, uh, watched the entire <laughs> deliberation process and live tweeted it. Uh, but the long and short of it is basically they declined to approve booster shots for people who were under, um, I want to say, 60 and didn't have pre-existing conditions. Um, uh, for basically completely insane reasons that were utterly beyond their remit. And, uh, using the sorts of logic that is 180 degrees the opposite of the sort of logic they've been using to justify, um, mass mandates and lockdowns. And so, yeah, this is fucking awful and... I reiterate that FDA Delenda est. Now, well, you're not going to get any argument here. I'm planning on going to get a booster simply by showing up and saying it's my first shot. They don't actually really have very good records, so while they do suck, oh, no, it's not at nice all. to get around it. That is true, uh, but also I do need a, a filled out vaccine card 
to do some fun things. And I anticipate that soon filled out means has three shocks shots on it. Uh, so I intend to go in and tell them that I'm morbidly obese because I am because body mass index is fucking stupid and not because I actually am dangerously overweight. And now seems like a good time to remind people that the high risk category, if you kind of squint, includes everyone. And if it somehow doesn't include you, because, uh, you know, this includes like Basically, everyone with jobs, everyone who's overweight by body mass index, which is stupid and calls a lot of people who aren't overweight overweight, and calls a lot of people who aren't dangerously overweight dangerously overweight. Um, so, yeah, de facto, this is making it pretty easy to get a booster if you want one or think you might need one. But it's also infuriating that they're doing their bureaucratic best to keep us from getting them. Yeah, the FDA should go. All right. Death to the FDA. Here, here. Uh, all right. Next story. Uh, so there was a Russian election. Um, quote, unquote, election. Quote, unquote, election. And part of those scare quotes there are due to a decision by both Google and Apple to remove an app from their app stores like two days before the election. And it was an app from Putin's party, their main rivals, um, and are, are a party led by the, the guy Navalny, who uh, he tried to kill, uh, as we've covered on here before. Um, this was the guy he poisoned. I mean, somebody poisoned. I mean, something <laughs> happened to him that we have no idea what. Um, the arsenic just happened to land in his underwear drawer by accident. Yeah, that guy. But he had an app that he put out that was called a strategic voting app that was basically like, it'll tell you, you know, you'll punch in where you are. And since they have a parliamentary system, um, it, it will tell you who in your like locality has the best chance of beating Putin's party. Um, and with the suggestion to vote for them. Uh, and these were removed from both app stores uh, like two days before the election. Hey, Wes. Do you want to tell them what the justification Russia gave for requesting the app be taken down? Well, they were they were meddling in their election. And you know what? how Russia feels about that. <laughs> yeah. So So do you guys did you guys read Jesus and Mo the comic? Oh, yes, for a little while I did. Uh so Jesus and Mo was like a a an atheist comic back when that was a thing. Um, and it was about Jesus and Muhammad. They called him Mo, so they didn't get shot. Um, cause, cause remember when that was a thing? Um, <laughs> one of their running jokes was that, you know, they would always, uh, you know, say things like about how people should have evidence to believe in stuff or something like that. And then the, the, the bartender at the, their, wherever they were has, had an irony meter that would break. Mm. And, uh, that's all I could think of when I saw this <laughs> headline. What's the broken irony meters everywhere? Do you, do you think if there was an app like this in America that uh, the political parties here would be pissed off about it being uh, meddling? I'm assuming no. Which, you don't think because it's yeah, I mean, that, like it, I well, mean here in America we it, have a two-party duopoly, so like just on a technical level, the uh, this specific idea wouldn't work. Right, but also it was a uh, Russian app made by Russians. Yeah, it was on Google and Facebook, which are decidedly Western imperialists, right? Yeah, but lots of stuff is on there. I know. Like, I mean, I I basically agree with Russia that it's meddling, but also I don't think that's bad. Like, but I, it's I not think... Google. But it's not Google and Apple meddling. It's Navalny, and he's supposed to. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so Inyash, when I said on this podcast that both Trump and Biden were witless chuckle fox. Yeah, you were totally meddling in the U.S. election. What? That is a bizarre definition of meddling, but okay, I guess. I mean, I, I guess my weirdness is, like, why can't foreigners not have any opinions about who is elected in a country? He's not a foreigner! <laughs> Navalny's a Russian! 
Okay. He's literally leading the opposition party. All right. I, I just think it's weird that, that people okay. get all no, their parents. This would be like no no. This would be like if our podcast yeah. was hosted by a Canadian company. Okay. Then like would you say then Canada is meddling in US politics? Well, no, because I don't think like that meddling is a good term at all. It's just people having opinions and making it easier for the people that they want to win, right? Oh, so your so your position is this was meddling, but meddling is fine, right? Like I think Russia taking out ads on Facebook during U.S. elections is fine too, because I mean they're fucking ads. If you're paying attention to them, you're probably stupid. Yeah, and like everyone has a stake in you know who wins the American election. Come on. Yeah. The point of this all is that this is bullshit, and Google and Apple should um you know be ashamed of themselves, but they won't be. And since that's also a two party duopoly, what are you gonna do? Mm. Get a get a Windows phone. <laughs> uh the actually the so the worst part about this though to me was that telegram also did a similar thing uh because navalny had a bot on telegram that would like text you out navalny's picks for like who to vote for and telegram shut them down and i thought telegram was like the you know super like we don't give a shit what the government says company but apparently not i have not heard of telegram before oh it's like the secure messaging app that conspiracy theorists use oh okay i thought that was parlor or something no no that's for uh right-wing idiots ah yeah. okay okay no telegram is like um i think it's like end-to-end encrypted oh why yes. don't they use signal uh, oh it's uh, like because signal. that's the because that's the one that um drug dealers use ah okay gotcha so like yeah. you but- know how facebook and twitter are basically the same except your mom uses one and social justice idiots use the other <laughs> Yes. Telegram and Signal are basically the same, too, except one is for conspiracy idiots and the other is for drug dealers and or drug buyers. Okay. Also, I will bet you that at least 40% of our audience is on Telegram. Huh. (laughs) I'm not. I'm on Signal. (laughs) I am on Signal as well. Because you both need to buy drugs. I don't not need to buy drugs. Whereas in New Jersey... I tell you this, here's a public service announcement for anyone in South Jersey. There's a site called giftedjohns.com where you can buy incense and they'll give you free weed. <laughs> and they'll deliver it to you. Uh, is that to get around selling restrictions? That is, in fact, to get around selling restrictions. Nice. Uh, can you, like, sell people I should have put that in happy give away news. free hair braiding as well? Probably. Oh. But you, you yeah, I've I feel like um, I feel like actually you can't do any of this, but uh, no yeah. one's hassling them. Ah, uh, okay. I, I definitely, I definitely want to see someone get a lot get around uh, sex work restrictions using this model. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let us know if it works. And as uh, my my good buddy Andrew Torres says, don't take legal advice from a podcast. Yes, quite. <laughs> is he on a legal podcast? He is. Okay. Um, and as I am also an attorney, none of this is legal advice. Do not listen to me. If you want to go test out, uh, whether gifting, uh, sex work is okay, talk to a lawyer who does that. If you want to listen to Wes, you got to pay him first and then he will only tell you reasonable things. Exactly. Um, okay. So here's a fun story in New York state has a vaccine mandate, but a judge Mm -hmm. said that, um, and it's for healthcare workers. But a judge says it has to have a religious exemption. Uh, so a immediately, an online pastor started setting it up so he would write you a note to get your religious exemption if you donated to his church, which I just think is fantastic. It's a wonderful business opportunity, and it lets yeah. people do what they want to do. Yeah, it uh, reminds me of a delightful little chapter in American history where during Prohibition, um, a lot of vineyards switched to uh, growing grapes for sacramental wine. And um, so I don't know what sort of wine they normally use for sacramental wine, but uh, you can, if you Google it, you can find... um, uh, bottles of wine from the prohibition era that say like sacramental chardonnay uh, sacramental um 
Um, I, I don't Other know wines. Wine. Yes. <laughs> um, Merlot, perhaps? Yes. Uh, Cabaret perhaps. Sauvignon? On a slightly more yeah. serious note, there is, like, so much crazy religious exemption shit in the U.S., and I I still kind of think it's bullshit, but we uh, had an interview on the Basin Conspiracy with the founder of the Satanic Temple a little while ago, and I really love <laughs> them. That was a great episode. Because, yeah, they, they make a big deal about this whole... Uh, rights uh, thing that people should have and that should not be doled out to religions. Right now they are, uh, it is a recent new tenant of the Satanic Church that all their members uh, should have access to um, abortion medication in the first trimester of uh, pregnancy as a part of their like religious beliefs and are going to be tra- trying to take that to court. So I uh, wish Not them- only access to medication, but that abortion itself, the procedure, is a religious ritual. They, yes, abortion is a religious procedure is a religious ritual and that the uh, the abortificants are the ones that specifically anyone should be able to order anytime without a doctor's prescription because it is for their religion. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, my feeling is just that um, we have so many dumb laws and regulations in this country that anything that just, like, grants you a general you-don't-need-to-worry-about-this-bullshit uh, permit is probably a good thing, and yeah, it sucks that we need to route that through um, uh, religion, but also, I would much rather have a way to get around those than not. Yeah, now this story in particular is hard to know how to feel about, because uh, as we talked about last time, I feel like we all agreed that if you're gonna have a vaccine mandate, healthcare workers probably the place to do it. Yeah. Uh, And this is specifically healthcare workers that are uh, getting out of this vaccine mandate for religious exemptions. So maybe don't have so much religion in government. Or maybe just don't have vaccine mandates and then just let employers fire people who don't get vaccines. Well, they could always do that. Well, sure, but like, oh, right, I think we settled on the mandate was good because it gave them cover to fire people when that would otherwise be awkward. <laughs> Dude, uh, do we, employers do hate doing awkward things. <laughs> it is true. All right. Uh, next story. We have a new military alliance. This is exciting. Uh, the U.S., the U.K., and Australia have formed a military alliance that they're calling the AUKUS Alliance, which is the worst name I could think of. Um, I didn't realize that was the actual name they had chosen. I mean, I don't think they did, but that's what, like, the media is calling it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is, like, 90% less badass sounding than NATO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the big thing that they were doing as a step toward this is we're selling um, Australia nuclear submarines. Um, and this whole thing is meant to, uh, you know, kind of rattle our saber at China. Um, so are we selling them nuclear-powered submarines, or are we selling them nuclear missile subs? Nuclear-powered submarines. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's the nuclear tech that makes the... Um, the submarines go faster and have longer range. Uh, and France is all pissed off about this because they already had a deal with Australia to sell them a bunch of diesel powered submarines. And Australia canceled that deal and signed the one with the United States. And somehow they're pissed at us about this. Like we did it. Eat shit, surrender monkeys. I mean, I'm not usually one to engage in that kind of rhetoric, but yeah, fuck you, France. <laughs> Build better submarines, or stop whining. Can they? Is there some kind of st- treaty that prevents them from building nuclear submarines? No. Okay. I didn't no, think they so. just don't have any uranium in their awful, awful country. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. All right. All right. Next story: government shutdown. Woohoo! I mean, Yay. boo! I don't even know how to feel about these anymore. <laughs> they're, uh, they're bad. They are? Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, Wes was talking about a while ago about, like, 
if it actually meant they stopped doing shit things, then they'd be extremely good. But it doesn't mean that. It just means they keep on doing the same old shit things without even the possibility of anything changing or improving. Yeah, anything they that actually stops during a government shutdown is generally the the, the the like the last stuff on the list you'd want them to stop doing, like you know, tending the national parks. Mm. Um, and it also means that a lot of government employees just don't get paid. Yeah. And sometimes they get back pay, and sometimes they do not. I think last time they actually missed completely two checks. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. Uh, I know that they went a, quite a while without uh, any pay, and that sucked for yeah. some friends of mine. But, uh, yeah, this is a thing that happens, uh, I guess, annually in the U.S. now, sometimes more often than that. Uh, it didn't happen last year, surprisingly, I guess, because the COVID relief was all rolled up into it. But uh, once again, there is a big debate about how we're going to spend the money, and nobody can agree on anything. And it looks like, uh, unless right now things are trending towards the government is probably going to get shut down. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe they pull something out at the last minute. Um, I don't. I don't know. I think this this whole thing is just really, really stupid, and this is probably one of the top three reasons Americans are losing all faith in their government to do anything. Uh, this is very stupid, and I that for that reason, I don't think it'll actually happen. Um, I, I don't think they'll actually shut down the government because what they're objecting to is a is raising the debt limit mm-hmm. that's what they always object to well n- not necessarily the last government shutdown was actually by trump because he wanted money for his border wall that they wouldn't get him um so the government shuts down when it's just they just can't pass a spending bill to fund the government yeah. um and a lot of that this is a, they do a lot of brinksmanship with this where they're like well we're not going to fund the government unless you agree to our demands uh and this time the democrats keep trying to raise the debt limit and the republicans are like well you know we we think the debt limit should be raised but we think you democrats should do it by yourselves mm-hmm. it's so very stupid like if you hear Mitch McConnell on this He's, he's like, well, you guys incurred all the debt, so you have to raise the debt limit without us. And it's Which like, is totally fake news because they spent literally all of Trump's term spending like drunken socialist sailors. I know. And also, they can't raise it without the Republicans because they filibuster everything. Yeah. It's, they they it's, need 60 votes. It's just a given. What now are you that talking about, Mitch? I mean, in fairness, fairness, didn't they not filibuster, like, some appointments or something recently? Um, They didn't filibuster a, like, mini infrastructure bill. Yeah, yeah, that was it. But now the Democrats won't pass that because they're like, no, we have to pass the big infrastructure bill along with it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. It's so stupid. Our government is so stupid. It's so bad. All of this brought to you by the filibuster. Let's definitely save it forever. I was going to say all of this brought to you by the American people, but... Nah, the American people hate it too. Do they, though? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah. Have you not seen Congress's approval ratings? Uh, so I have seen Congress's approval ratings, but I've also seen the approval ratings people have given to their own Congress people's. Well, that's in large part because if they, uh, they're they glad that their Congress people are keeping away the hated reds or blues that would destroy the nation otherwise. Yes, without them, the the wrong lizard might get elected. I yes. think that cuts in favor of David's point. Oh, well, okay. That this is all our fault. This is all your fault. I don't vote. Uh, of course. Everyone but David's fault. <laughs> well, me and uh, George Carlin. Well, yes. George Carlin didn't vote, too? Oh, he has a whole bit about it. Yeah. On election day, I do pretty much the same thing you do, except when I'm done masturbating, I have a little something to show for it. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. All right. On that note, we're going to move on to our next story, which is from Eniage, and it is about 
the border. I, I, I resent that this is from me. This is from the, the U.S. government. I'm simply letting people know about it. All right. Well, the outline has a little E on it, which okay. is what I mean when I say this one's from Enia. Yeah, I, I post, I pasted the link in here, so okay, yeah, it's my the, fault. The E stands for the U.S. government. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, America. U.S. government. Do you want to introduce this story? Hmm? No, sure. no, you don't. I'll, I'll do it for them. Just okay, this one good. time. Thank you. Goodness of my heart. Uh, so there was a bunch of pictures and video recently of uh, Haitian migrants crossing a river. I'm assuming it's the Rio Grande, but I don't really know because it's I'm the an Rio illiterate Grand. American. Um, and there were U.S. border agents on the other side on horses, and they were trying to block them with the horses and, you know, kind of almost running them over with the horse, which if you've ever been up next to a real-life horse, is fucking big and scary and intimidating, and, and you, you don't want those... Put, jumping into you and also then uh kind of if like you've never if you've never sat in uh contemplation of exactly what the turn of phrase ride roughshod over someone means then i recommend you do so Ooh, i actually had not thought of that before yeah wow. so roughshod is when uh you don't bang the nail all the way into the horseshoe oh my god and yeah riding roughshod over people was riot control circa the medieval times yeah that sounds bad. Yes. <laughs> Not recommended. No. Uh, I didn't actually see anybody getting trampled, though. Uh, Nobody there... did get trampled. Okay. And there were, like, people spinning around these long things, which looked kind of like whips. Turns out that they're reins. These things that got fucking long reins go all the way down to the ground. I'm not sure why they need such long reins, but whatever. Right? Don't they have lassos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there was a big ol' outcry, and... You know, first of all, yes, it is horrible, and people should not be whipped and uh, that kind of thing. But also, like, I'm a bit confused because a lot of the outcry is coming from people who aren't open borders people. They, like, think that we should have borders. And do, do they not understand that to have a border, you must have people stopping people from crossing the border, and that requires force, which means things like pushing people or inflicting pain on them or something because... I, what are you going to do? Just ask politely for them not to cross the border? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, maybe they haven't tried that yet. I, it just seems to me like this indication of how people do not think through anything at all. Like, if you're going to pass a law, you have to enforce the law. And if the law is that we have borders, then there's got to be people at the edge of the border whipping away people who are trying to cross it or shooting them or something. No, Eniash, it's racism. No. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm reminded of uh, my of a uh, favorite quote of mine from the poet, sage, and philosopher, that Indian guy whose uh, video gets shared around um, the internets quite often. Democracy means government of the people, by the people, for the people, but the people are retarded. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, so yeah, that's a bad thing that's happening, and I believe the the uh, solution we've generally agreed upon is that open borders are a good idea. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, all right. Or failing that, keyhole solutions like let them come here, but don't let them vote, or let them come here, but don't let them collect welfare, or whatever. Or let them come here, but you know. Let cities elect to take them, because they need people. Yeah, I mean, open borders doesn't necessarily mean open citizenship. I mean, it kind of does, but... No, not yeah. necessarily. Other... More... Yeah, so more... Ameri Get it. Amer Americans open have borders. this yeah. bizarre aversion to the idea of letting people into America and then not giving them full citizenship. Oh. Which, why? Don't. You, you don't need to do that. Because that's racism. Where Ugh. keeping them out of America and sending them back to the hellscape of Haiti is not racist. Do you understand, David? That's not racist. Letting them in but not giving them citizenship is racist. Ah, I see now. Thank you for clarifying. All right, <laughs> All right good. Next story. Uh, this is a story that I originally had in Happy News. Um, but when I dug into it a little more, turned out not to be that happy. So... California has passed a law basically eliminating single-family zoning. Sounds very happy. 
Right. When you put it that way, it sounds awesome because single family zoning is terrible. Um, for those who don't know, single family zoning is, is what you, when you say, um, you know, you have a lot of, of real estate, single family zoning means you can only build one house on it and only one family can live there, or at least you can only rent it to one family. Um, when what the California law says is people with single family lots can now subdivide the property into up to four units. Um, they, and they limit the amount of parking you can require because parking requirements were a way that uh, a lot of localities would get around these kinds of laws. So they say you can only require one parking spot per unit and zero parking spots within a half a mile of a major public transit stop. Oh, neat. Yeah. So that's great. But also, if that's true, then how do those uh, rationalist group homes in San Francisco I keep hearing about happen? They are illegal. Okay, cool. Did you not know that? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, poly families run into the same problem where a lot of them uh, not being married or blood related uh, sometimes get kicked out of their houses. Yep. Ugh, America sucks. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many of the uh, the, the localities, you know, they pass their own laws. So some of them have um, actual pol- actual laws against a certain number of people living in a, uh, a certain amount of space. Other ones just have laws about who, how you can who you can rent to. Um, a lot of them have laws about how you can't have like more than one kitchen. Uh, to to stop people from subdividing, so it's all it's all total bullshit. So if they if they don't want you to subdivide, um, there's a lot of ways that they can stop you. Which this law actually, to its credit, um, it thwarts a lot of those ways. The problem with it is it has like a million exceptions. Um, so first of all, no Airbnb is allowed. Uh, it's specifically you cannot if you subdivide a property, you cannot rent it for short term rental. Which why? Because fuck you. Then people might make money, and we can't have people making money in California. Speaking of you can't have people making money, the lot, um, one of the four units has to be owner-occupied. So you can't buy a place, subdivide it into four, and rent them all out. You have to live in one of them. That's really annoying. I could kind of understand the Airbnb thing, because maybe you don't want the neighborhood to turn into a major commercial district or something, but... Why not? Some people have issues with living, know. you know, in a commercial district. Ugh. See that thing people. I just said about government of <laughs> by and for the people. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of exceptions for things like homes. So homes that are already rented, you can't subdivide. Um, and then there's exceptions for historic districts, what they call non-urban areas or high fire areas. Now, of the 7 million homes in um California that only really applies to 1 million so it's not that that big of an issue there um the main issue is that there are uh lot size restrictions built into the law so each unit has to be 1200 square feet and a lot of the housing in California and especially the housing in the most desirable areas like San Francisco doesn't have that kind of space. You'd have to have 2,400 square feet to subdivide a property. Yeah, um, and a lot big. of them already don't have that. Yeah. Um, and there's no changes to local height restrictions. So you can't just stick oh another story on top. God. Yeah. I, uh... uh So there's a, a nonprofit called the Turner Center who did a... And I think this is actually at Berkeley. Um, but they did an analysis... And estimated that only 5.4% of single family lots in California will be finan- it'll, will be financially feasible to expand, um, on this way. So that's only 700,000 homes. Um, that's better than nothing, yeah. but not really going to put much of a dent in California's housing shortage. All right. Uh, so the best I can say about this is like, it's a step in the right direction, but it's a kind of a small step. Well, I guess every little bit helps. Yeah. I mean, it's better to have this law than not have it. Yeah, but yeah. still. But not not good enough to go in uh, happy news, because I figured I'd just be bitching about the exceptions the whole time. Yeah. And rightly um, so. Yeah. All right. Um, David, you're going to tell us about the Cyber Ninjas. Yes. So a uh, um, Trump-backed uh, group hi- um, hire, I want to say it was like a... Um, 
a lobby or yeah so it was the arizona republicans um who are obviously trump friendly uh they hired a group of quote cyber ninjas unquote uh to basically do an independent audit of the arizona election because uh part of the big lie that the republicans have been telling about how trump actually won the election was that um there were a bunch of illegal migrants who voted in arizona and so on such that uh biden's win in arizona was actually based on fraud and i want to point out that when you say quote cyber ninjas that's their actual name yes <laughs> that's not like a nickname they have that's what that's the, the name of the company Oh, it's memorable. Yep. Good marketing. Sure. So these Trump-friendly, Trump-backed cyber ninjas did an independent audit of the Arizona election, and they found more votes for Biden than the original count. (laughs) (laughs) Womp womp. At least you'd know they were honest. Yeah, I was actually surprised by that, because I was sure they just hired a bunch of hacks, because this company sounded super shady. They were only the most ethical of ninjas. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they, they looked like uh, shiesty hacks on purpose so they'd get hired. Hmm. Maybe that would have been a good strategy. Like, hey, we're big uh, Trump guys. We know he won the election. Let us look at the data. I'm mostly yeah. just disappointed that they didn't have like cyber eyes and cyber limbs and all that good shit. Monofilament wire in their thumbs. You don't know they didn't. They wouldn't oh, tell you point. about it. Shit, you're right because they're ninjas. Yeah. Okay. He's got Joy. you there. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Next story. We've got some culture war news. Uh, the Chronicle of Higher Education did a big study on trigger warnings and finds that they are counterproductive. Uh, they don't actually lead to people feeling better about anything. Um, and they are definitely not helpful when engaging with content. Um and they there is less evidence but that evidence does suggest that it's also not helpful um to encourage people not to engage with it uh so but it's it found that when people do read things with trigger warnings the trigger warnings actually make them feel worse because it encourages them to feel like the thing is especially bad oh uh, so don't, uh, don't worry about trigger warnings, folks. You don't need uh, them. I will never have them again. I, I mean, okay, so I'm in a writer's group. There's still sometimes a few things that you, like, tell your group about, like, hey, don't read this if you're really sensitive to, I don't know, child abuse or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, in, in, um, uh, What Lies Dreaming, I have on the title page where absolutely no one looks at the very bottom a few trigger warnings because, you know, I heard absolutely no one looks there except for the people that feel like they really <laughs> need trigger warnings, and so then right. they can see them and, uh, scan for them. And, uh, I don't know. I, it, I always felt, I, I didn't know how to feel about it, but I figured, okay, it's, it's, they're there. They're basically unobtrusive. If you don't know where to look, you won't find them. So they should be okay. Uh, see, the best possible way to handle this is what, uh, Two Like the Lightning does. Yes. Where, oh my God, yes. Yes. That story is, um, in universe trigger warnings. Yes. It's an in universe story. Where the narrator is a character and he's writing and, and the, the book being written is part of the story. Um, and it has in-universe trigger warnings. So it's, it warns you about things like um, theology. Yeah, because in that universe there are actual censorship boards. Yes. And we also have a uh, podcast from the Discord that uh, is covering those books right now. Yes, I have pitched it in my uh, troop employment before but you should listen to it it's called too rash too unadvised and apparently that was not a too fast too furious reference when they made it which still blows <laughs> yeah. my mind they use the numbers and everything <laughs> and then i was like oh like too like too fast too furious and they're like what <laughs> we're too cultured to know what you're talking about exactly all right, and now in other culture war news this is actually like a month and a half old and we've just been pushing it back because uh, we just dumb. had too much stuff to cover, and it's dumb. And, yes. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, so, sure. The, the Central Park Karen. The Central Park Karen. Do you remember the Central Park Karen? 
I remember the Central Park Karen. Oh, the, the, it it was just a, a video that came out of uh, some lady threatening a white black lady man in a park. A white, sorry, a white lady in a park. White. Make sure you say she's white. I did just now. She's okay. so white. She's the whitest of ladies. Uh, and her name was not Karen, but I guess we just slur on Karens nowadays for some reason. Um, but she, uh, there's a video of her, the, the black man is taking the video and she's saying, I'm going to call, uh, 911 and tell them that an African American man is threatening me. And, uh, that was very bad and it looked very bad. Obviously, uh, it looked like she was acting out these histronic, just crazy screaming that, uh, was ridiculous it, it looked stupid as hell everyone could tell what she was doing and yeah. she got and very very for it to the point where she uh lost her job uh her house and life were threatened and she left the country so like that very major negative uh, effects on her anyways it... hilariously hilariously she left the country for canada which is also which is like even more woke than the u.s <laughs> But people there don't know her, which is the important part. Yes, quite. Uh, but anyways, uh, they they someone actually did some investigative reporting on the whole thing, and it's not. I mean, it's still kind of bad because she. Okay, let me do the summary. Uh, it was a birder versus dog person gang rivalry, basically. <laughs> which I guess is a thing in certain parts of New York where there's uh, they have to share the New York City they have to share this these parks and some people are birders and they like to watch birds and then they want things to be very calm and not have wild dogs running around scaring all the birds off and then there's dog people who want their dogs to go out and get some fucking exercise in the middle of New York City uh, especially during COVID times and there is often beefs like this between them and uh, one person in particular started saying you know what I, I do this thing now that when I see a dog running off leash, I uh, I tell the owner I'm gonna do something to it, and then I uh, I, I lure it over with some treats, and they just yeah snap the dude the carries leash. dog treats yeah, and they snap that leash right on the dog immediately as soon as I do that. It's great, and you know on the one hand, all right, that's that's kind of funny, I guess. Uh, but on the other hand, what happened to this lady is she's going through the park with her dog off leash, and then this guy says, hey, put your dog on the leash, and she's like, nah, he's just getting some exercise. He says, alright, well, you're doing something I don't like, so I'm gonna do something you don't like. Which, first of all, if I was a lady in New York yeah, City in so a park, and the, some here's the exact said, quote. Okay. He says, if you're gonna do what you wanna do, I'm gonna do what I wanna do, and you won't like it. Jesus Christ, man. Right? I, if I was a woman I heard someone say that, I would think I was about to get raped. Right? Like, I don't care who the guy is. I would be scared as shit. And he definitely said that because he posted on his Facebook page that he said it. Yeah. So he, he says that, and then he starts luring the dog over with treats. And she sees not only that he's luring it over, but he's apparently got a bike helmet in his other hand. And she thinks he's holding it kind of menacingly like he's going to clobber the dog or something. And so she freaks the fuck out. And she calls 911, and this was another entry in that particular gang turf war. And I still kind of side-eye her because she did say specifically to the 911 people, uh, there is an African-American man threatening me. And she, you know, emphasized that twice. And I don't think she necessarily had to do that. I think she knew what she was doing when she said that. But on the other hand, it was not nearly this, you know, I'm a white person who sees a black person here and I don't like him. So I'm going to try to get them killed by the cops. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like her racism... Afraid. I feel like her racism was was at a one, where it got portrayed as a ten. Right, I could see maybe uh, a two, but like I, that was a legit squabble in the park. It wasn't, you know, a, yeah. a white That's, racial supremacy. This thing. dude is being fucked up. Yeah. Um, and the uh, Barry Weiss on her podcast did a whole interview with her. If you want to uh, check that out, it's worth listening to. If you um, like dumb culture war bullshit, exactly, which we clearly do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough dumb culture war bullshit. It's on to happy news. Yay. Good news, everyone. All right. David, what's our first happy news story? Uh, yeah. So the first happy news story is about a man who has a name that I am not going to pronounce correctly. I apologize in advance. But uh, a man named Basil uh, Sukana, I think. It seems um, right was in Connecticut 
uh, and was stopped by the police. Uh, now, Sukana was a um, concealed carry permit holder uh, and was carrying at the time. And as you should do when you're in that situation, he said as soon as the police officer came to the car door, uh, officer, I want to let you know I'm a permitted concealed carry holder and I'm currently armed. How would you like to proceed? And uh, the cop freaked the fuck out on him, uh, dragged him out of the car, beat him up, uh, shoved him into the... um, uh, police car, took him to jail, and then, um, I think there were also, like, some other cops got involved, and... Happy yeah, news! It's, it's your... <laughs> it's your standard, uh... It's your standard police dude, asshole police things. Um... Cops gonna cop. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, so... Ah, uh, yes, uh, the the officer did this on the pretense that he found drugs, which he did. Uh, the drugs were nitroglycerin pills, which uh, Sukana had uh, been legally prescribed for a heart condition. Ah, um, drugs. Yes. You can't get high on uh, nitroglycerin so, pills. Yeah, so he sued, uh, Sukana sued, and a uh, uh, judge in the... Circuit courts? Um, uh, no, just Connecticut Federal Court, uh, looks like, um, uh, ruled that he was able to overcome qualified immunity, uh, on the grounds that, um, issue, that granting qualified immunity in this case would basically be a de facto, uh, abolition of Fourth Amendment rights for, uh, lawfully permitted um, uh, weapons, uh, are armed people. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that the, uh, of course, overcoming qualified immunity is only the first step. He now has to actually make the case in court and, um, and, like, go through the normal legal proceedings that happen whenever one person sues another person in America. But uh, even that first step is very hard to do, and uh, it's very good that it has been successfully done in yet another case. Indeed. Qualified immunity is terrible, and we shouldn't have it. So it's always happy news when it doesn't get applied. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Uh, I have a happy news story for once. Uh, which is comes from Denmark. They have lifted all COVID restrictions. They have deemed COVID not a societal threat. 96% of their over 50s are vaxxed. And that's 86%, 86% of all eligible people have received vaccination. Damn. So Denmark is done with COVID. So way to go, Denmark. Indeed. Congrats, all right. guys. Next happy news is from David. Uh, yeah, so you may have seen some meme photos going around of a bunch of people wearing basically identical outfits with uh, high and tight haircuts, sunglasses, um, uh, brand name t-shirts, and uh, khaki shorts printing like uh, uh, they were all Xerox uh, machines. Uh, So this happened uh, at a rally to protest the treatment by law enforcement of people who participated in the January 6th riot, uh, which is, you know, not the best thing to protest, but also a pretty good thing to protest. More on that later. Uh, And it was like 90% attended by feds, uh, including that uh, one cluster of obvious feds who... um, uh, became internet famous, uh, and there was also one, uh, particularly delightful moment when some feds arrested another guy who was an undercover fed, and (laughs) they asked him, in front of a bunch of witnesses, and on camera, are you undercover? And his response was, no, I'm just here? (laughs) Including... With the voice pitch I did just then, which is, to use the technical terminology, and a bit of an oopsie poopsie. God. 
Oh, your tax dollars at work, people. Yes. Uh, and anyway, the actual I- news story is that uh, one person was arrested uh, during this riot uh, for possession of a firearm in an area where uh, possessing a firearm is restricted. And it turned out that that person was a fed. <laughs> <laughs> This just reminds me, I had a friend who um, was in the Occupy Wall Street protests, and she has all these stories about feds trying to infiltrate and coming in and being like, hey, fellow kids, want to go commit some (laughs) felonies? Jesus. Hello, fellow children, would you like to procure some illicit substances? (laughs) How do you do, fellow kids? I think we should go commit some uh, arson and so, robbery. Can I interest you in committing a property crime? <laughs> it doesn't matter which one. Yeah. Uh, so good job. Good job, FBI. You're uh, really on the ball there. It, it was honestly pretty much all of the alphabet boys. <laughs> all right. God. Yes, I'm sure. All right. And one more happy news story, this time from Eniash. Yeah, uh, this is you know a thing that's happening a lot, but always good to be reminded of it, that the world is a happy place still. There's a county in Los Angeles where a district attorney is dismissing 60,000 past marijuana convictions. Hey! Nice! Because marijuana is legal, as it always should have been, and it's no reason to keep having things on people's permanent records for something that shouldn't have been a crime in the first place. Indeed. I'm sort of confused about how you dismiss a past conviction, but I assume that's something like expungement. Yeah. I mean, okay, so... No, no, you said it right. This is... I'm looking at this article, and it says he's going to dismiss the past convictions. Maybe the article got it wrong? or I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I... I, I'm happy about it. Yeah. It's probably probably expungement. They probably just use a weird word for it in California. Fucking Californians got to make up all their own terms. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. And in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so uh, as I said, this uh, troop deployment is... Uh, about why protesting how the participants in the January 6th riots uh, were being treated is maybe not the worst thing to protest, and it's a bit of a bummer, so I apologize for that. Jessica Watkins was one of the participants in the January 6th riots. By that, I mean she was one of the people in the crowd. She was a member of the Oath Keepers, but has seemingly renounced them since then. During the riot, she did not participate in any violent activity. She complied with all lawful orders she she was given by by law enforcement, and she has not been credibly accused of causing any harm to people or property. During the quote-unquote shock and awe campaign, when the DOJ tried to arrest as many of the participants in the riots as possible before Biden's inauguration, she was one of those identified and investigated. When she learned she was under investigation, she drove from her home in Ohio to Northern Virginia in order to assist with the investigation and comply with the authorities. She was promptly arrested. After her arrest, despite her having legally changed her name and gender tag when she transitioned, meaning she is a woman in the eyes of the law, she was sent to a men's jail to await trial. Due to the deeply problematic doctrine of Chevron deference, Her appeal of this decision was rejected by the courts. While in jail, she requested treatment for an arm injury. Her treatment was denied, and she engaged in a hunger strike in protest. In retaliation, she was subject to brutal treatment by the guards, including being put in her cell while stripped naked. Remember, this is a woman in a man's jail. Uh, It's unclear to what extent she's medically transitioned, but that shouldn't matter. She was denied a dark environment for sleep, placed in solitary confinement for extended periods of time, and otherwise subject to what the CIA might euphemistically refer to as enhanced interrogation techniques. Much of this abuse happened before she'd had her day in court, or been convicted, or even formally indicted. 
Though I strongly disagree with the goals of the January 6th rioters in the strongest possible terms, and believe they were fundamentally misguided, and that the worst of them were perpetrating a deliberate attack on the fundamental fabric of our civilization, this remains absolutely unacceptable treatment, even for the worst of the rioters, which, again, Watkins was not. Foucault's boomerang is, quote, the thesis that governments that develop repressive techniques to control colonial territories will eventually deploy those same techniques domestically against their own citizens. During the global war on terror, the U.S. government treated those identified as enemy combatants or terrorists in truly monstrous ways. Now, with the newly fashionable fear-mongering about quote-unquote domestic terrorism, I am terrified that Foucault's boomerang is coming back in the worst possible way. It's impossible to hear of Watkins' treatment and not think of the war crimes perpetrated by U.S. troops in the Abu Ghraib prison. It's also impossible not to think of 9-11 and how, by any reasonable measure, the reaction to it was vastly worse than the event itself. I fear that Jessica Watkins' name will go down in history as the first of many U.S. citizens treated as enemy combatants by the U.S. government. I hope her name will be remembered as one of the victims of a short but shameful moral panic. Either way, you should know her name. Holy shit. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash, on to lighter uh, issues. It's... Can I just skip mine now? Because it seems so... <laughs> You know, light and worthless after that thing. Oh, don't worry, mine is too. <sighs> okay, um, mine's about big butts. Um, <laughs> uh, I I have long been of the opinion that Sir Mixalot did more to help uh, reduce women's body image issues than any other single person in the modern era, uh, because you know you want people to actually mean what they say and there's lots of campaigns of big is beautiful and hiring you know plus size models and whatever and that's great and all and i'm not saying they're not ugly they're not pretty they they are they're great but there's always the feeling i or at least i have met some people who are like okay that's you know this is great and all but it, it feels like a performance rather than something that that people actually believe and that really matters to people who have body image issues it doesn't particularly matter if someone's just saying uh, that you look okay to be nice. I mean, it's nice that they're being nice to you, that they care enough about you to be polite, but you still want to actually be pretty and uh, and feel valued. And Sir Mixalot really did that. He really liked big butts, and he could not lie about it. And uh, what after his song came out, it wasn't just like... This guy has a really weird fetish that he's singing about. Like, it became okay for everybody to finally say, yeah, you know, a lot of us really do like big butts, and it's not a weird thing. And, and we're going to stop lying about it. Exactly. <laughs> and now people who have a more full figure can actually feel better because, you know, people actually feel that way and reveal that they feel that way with how they act and uh, how they what they're attracted to so yeah i think that by making it acceptable to say that big butts are great uh he he has done more for women's body issues than pretty much any amount of dove campaigns out there while we're praising sir mix a lot i'd like to also throw in a plug for one of his uh deep cuts called don't call me dada which is a song about how he always uses condoms during sex oh <laughs> and how one time uh, he had an accident where the condom uh, came off or broke or something. And uh, he was totally prepared to, like, settle down and raise his child. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly wholesome message. Wow. Yeah. Also, I will say, um, you not wanting to do a troop deployment um, because you feel inferior compared to someone else's troop deployment and then doing it anyway and doing a really good job is very appropriate for the message of your troop deployment. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Thank you. All right. Uh, So my troop deployment this week is a public service announcement, and it is this. Be cautious about turning off JavaScript on your browser, as you might be unintentionally disabling a site's ability to show you ads or wall off content. 
<laughs> disabling JavaScript on your browser. I don't know what you're laughing about, Eniage. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is not a joke. Uh, disabling JavaScript on your browser can increase your security and boost the performance of your machine, so some people choose to do it. Um, but that'll break the functionality of a lot of sites, so many people just block JavaScript on individual websites as needed. Now, the problem is that if you do that, it often removes a website's ability to show you annoying pop-up ads and will sometimes even disable a website's paywall. <gasps> now, like me, I'm sure that most of you get a little thrill every time you click on one of the news articles we link in the show notes, start reading, and then have your content completely covered up by an invitation to purchase a new lawnmower, despite the fact that you bought one a week ago, or a chance to sign up for a newsletter that definitely won't just end up as another piece of spam in your inbox. Or even better, let's say you click on a New York Times article and you get a friendly message reminding you that you, you can't have access to this information unless you want to financially support their practices of writing about how terrible white people are, acting as apologists for the FDA, and occasionally slandering and doxing Scott Alexander. <laughs> well, beware. If you disable JavaScript on those sites, you don't lose any of the important content, but you will miss out on autoplaying videos, digital panhandling, and reminders to disable that nefarious ad blocker that somehow got installed on your browser. Nobody wants that. So let this be a reminder to you that it's your civic duty to avoid Googling disabled JavaScript and installing an extension that lets you turn off JavaScript on any site with a single click. Again, do not Google disabled JavaScript. It's wrong. And as morally upstanding world citizens, it's our duty to avoid it. I am going to go and not Google that right now. Good. I'm happy to hear it. All right, that's our show, everybody. Uh, please follow us. Remember, we are on Substack now, um, so you can support us there financially. Uh, you'll get early access to episodes and access to our uh, sweet chat room that's just for supporters. Um, and you'll get uh, early access to all of our bonus content, which we are recording again. Um, so it's really... It's probably the best deal you'll ever encounter in your life. Uh, please leave us reviews on whatever podcasting platform you use and come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.